0: This is the Langpreneur Podcast, where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry, who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business, so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aa. Hey everybody, it's Jan here, and this is episode number 83 of the Langpreneur Podcast. Guys, today we're going to talk about what I would do if I had to start a, a new language business from scratch. Some of you guys know that I do run a, a language business. It's called Language Boost. And so if you go to languageboost.biz, you can find out about um, about what we do there. Um, we started Language Boost about five or six years ago. We started with a YouTube channel. That YouTube channel has about thirty five, th- yeah, 35,000 subscribers now. Um And um, so this is a partnership. I do this together with my friends, my Brazilian friend, Lucas Bigetti, a great polyglot as well. He speaks, I don't know, like 16, 17, 18 languages. At least 10 of those languages at a really high level. We're both very passionate about uh, learning languages. And uh, yeah, so we started creating uh, YouTube content, but also lots of language courses, right? So we have about courses for... 16 languages about 21 courses in total so at language boost you can f- learn more about that um, but yeah we started that five or six years ago we were really passionate about content creation but you know I just lost the passion for YouTube after a while I was comparing myself to other players in the field and I meant and I noticed that you know, we were doing good things and we were making sales on a daily basis and the conversion rates were really good. But I lost my passion for content creation. And, you know, when we started organizing these events for Langpreneur, the Masterminds events, um, the summit, I actually realized that I have much more passion for, for doing this. So that's when I made that shift from language boost to a Langpreneur. As I said, is still uh, language boost is still up and running. Um, selling courses almost on a daily basis, but I'm just not focusing on that anymore. Uh, the YouTube channel is still active, I'm still publishing content there, but you cannot see me in those videos anymore, right? Because my main focus is on Langpreneur. Now, what, if, what would I do if I had to start all over again? What if I had to build a language business within six months what would I do now here is what I would do step number one I would look for a hungry market and guys this is super this is really important and I I suspect that most of you are forgetting this most of you think okay what am I passionate about what am I good at and what do i want to build what do i want to build a business around right and you start from there but that can be really hard because if you are passionate or if you're good at something that the market doesn't need you're gonna have a really hard time building a business so i agree that you, you you need to build a business that you want to build but Don't forget to look at what the market actually wants, right? Because only when you have a combination of the two, you have a business. Otherwise, it's just a hobby. Um, In this episode, I'm going to tell you how I would build a language business from scratch. A language business, right? I'm not talking about a hobby here. So first of all, I will look for a hungry market. Why is this so important? If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, I mean, I've talked to I don't even know how many, but over 50 very successful langpreneurs, right? I think that the only thing that all these 50 people have in common is not their marketing experience, is not their intelligence, is not that they're smarter than, than, than other people. It's that they started in a hungry market at the right time. The most successful langpreneurs started doing something in a hungry market and they started at the right time. I think these if you nailed that, then the whole journey will be so much easier. Okay. So that doesn't mean that you know everybody just got lucky. I mean some people did get lucky, but yeah it's so you you can be the most you know the the best marketer in the world um you can be super smart but if you start in a market that is not hungry enough or if you pick if you pick a niche that you know that doesn't exist or actually if you pick a niche that doesn't exist that could be a good thing but if you (laughs) if you decide to sell to an audience that doesn't want to buy from you that doesn't have a pain point then you're gonna have a really hard time building a business right so always look for a hungry market first now how do you do that that's difficult, right? How do you know which markets are hungry? How do you know which people are are, are willing to buy? One way to do it is to look at what is, what's already working. What's already working for other people? And then how you can you apply that in your niche? Now, we have run a language booth for a while now. I know that, you know, I did a few in the past. I did a few videos in Dutch. And those videos still are getting us, are bringing in lots of leads every single day. Actually, I bet that about 30 to 50% of our, of the Language Boost audience are Dutch speakers, people from the Netherlands and from Belgium. But we have never done anything with that. Now, that tells me, that's a signal that the market is hungry. But also, if I research the competition, if I go to YouTube and I search for, you know, videos in dutch on how to learn spanish or french for example there's almost no competition yes there are videos there but the quality is not is not very uh, the, the videos are not very good like there is no personal brand in the netherlands or in the dutch market that talks about language learning so it's a combination of signals right so i know that online business works i know that selling online courses works i know that Apparently, there is a demand for uh, for for language courses, especially for French and for Spanish, um, in the Dutch market. And I know that there is very little competition in that market. So that's probably that that would be the hungry market that I would focus on. Of course, you never know for sure, but you know if you have that combination of signals, then you know you should just go for it right so that's what i would do i will pick i will probably so start a personal brand something similar to language boost actually but then specifically for the dutch market so everything would be in dutch and instead of talking about learning 16 languages i will probably just focus on on one or two and those would be the languages again that the markets that the market is the most interested in so you'd yeah, probably Spanish or French. Um, it could also be Chinese because Chinese is one of the languages that I speak best, and um, yeah, v- there is very little competition, right? So I would go for for either yeah for either French, Spanish, or or Chinese. Um, not really sure. Maybe I would just go for spanish it's not because my spanish is great because it's not but it's what the market wants right and yeah i don't have the feeling that there is a lot of competition so i will probably just start with spanish um so to find a hungry market and it needs to be niche and it needs to be a market in which you have very little competition right so actually i'm just sharing free business ideas here so if you speak dutch then you could just you know go and <laughs> go and do this this is what i would do if i had to start all over again Right. So step number one: find a hungry market, and step number two: start creating content. Audience first. It's so much easier to sell something if you already have an audience. Um. So yeah, I would I would choose a platform. Um. I know that I'm, you know, I like podcasting. I'm podcasting now. For language learning, I would probably start a YouTube channel um i think podcasting is a great way to you know to go in depth and to really learn i think the thing with language learning is yes of course it's you know you 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 want to have motivations and you want to know about the strategies but it's it's more about you need to have the right mindset and yes you need to know about what works and what doesn't work Um, you need to find an approach that works for you but then it's uh it's 2080, right you should just focus 80 percent on actually getting actually studying or, or speaking practice i think for online business well maybe it's the same thing but what i like about podcasting is that we can really have these in-depth conversations with other uh with other entrepreneurs right it's a great way to to build a network and um so i think that for business I do like podcasting, also because it's a great way to build a network. When it just comes for YouTube videos and building an audience, uh, or when it just comes to building an audience for something simple, re- relatively unsophisticated, I I would say, um, as learning a language. I mean, we are very <laughs> sophisticated and passionate about language learning, right? But for most, you know, for most people, you know, they just want to learn Spanish so that they can go to Spain and enjoy their holidays or that they can go backpacking in Latin America and interact with the locals, right? They don't, um, yeah, how to how to phrase this, they don't, they're, they're not, they, they, they're they not so interested in 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 you know what science says about learning languages about different methodologies about these in-depth interviews about about the theory about grammar they're more they just want to learn the language right so i would create content that's very easy to consume not in depth but i would give you know make sure to add value to my audience to give away to give tips Uh, share experiences to inspire them and I would just do that in a a simple form probably just in in like six to ten minute YouTube videos right Um, that's what that kind of avatar likes to consume so yeah building an audience I would only focus on YouTube at the beginning for at least a year Um, you can only grow if you put your focus on one place right so I would just focus on YouTube. Create a video at least once per week. Uh, do keyword research. Um, also ask what my audience wants to know and then create content based on that. Um, yeah, do that for a few months and then look at what kind of videos are working better than others. Look at look at analytics, double down on the videos that seem to work and of course collect email addresses from day one, right? So make sure that I have a lead magnet. Um, if people like my video, Um, Yeah, I would have to make sure that I give them a link so that they can go to my landing page, give that email address, and then in exchange, I'm going to send them a lead magnet, right? A freebie. Um, Yeah, that's what I would do first. Build a... uh, Sorry, find a hungry market, start creating content for that, you know, for that avatar that you have in mind. Only teach you one thing. Start with one language. Start... Only start with one platform, YouTube in this case... And build the email list from day one. Now, after you have a few hundred email addresses, let's say three, four, five hundred. Um, it's time for the next big step and that's to find out what your audience wants, right? Um, not just what they want, but also you know, where, where are they at in, in their lives? What, how old are they? Why do they want to learn Spanish? What have they, you know? What products have they tried before? Um, what are they struggling with most? Um, what are their ambitions? What do they need help with? What are the struggles? Right, I would ask all those questions in a in a survey, simple survey in Google Form, send it out to that list, ask them what they want, and then create a product for them. Now, here's how I would create the product. I would create the sales page first. So we start with the survey or with the survey results, right? Then I would write the sales page based on what they're telling me that they want and then work back backwards from there. The thing is that if you create a sales page first, you you know, it's kind of a way to... I mean, you write the sales page for your audience, right? Based on what your audience wants. So, you know, and if you've written this killer sales page where you make all these big claims and big promises, you kind of force yourself to also create a really good product, right? Most people have a very strong idea about what it is that they want to create. But it's don't forget that it's about the audience, right? That, those are the people who are going to buy your product. You don't need to sell your own product. So I would always start backwards, Serve the audience. What did it want? Create a killer sales page, and then you know make all these bold claims on your sales page, and then make a really good product that corresponds with all the promises that you make on the sales page. Right? Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I would probably only create one. So first the sales page, and then probably only one module of the course, and then sell it in advance. So do a beta launch. Right? Um, that way you're sure that that you're not creating your course for nothing right you you first want to make sales that's that you know that's the oxygen of your business so do a beta launch sell one module uh no it's sell the entire course but then deliver it live right so say if you sign up now you will receive one lesson every single week and then if only two people buy i would just cancel the the And say, sorry, only two people sign up. Um, yeah, we, we, we can't create this course for two people. And then do further research, do, do more surveys, trying to figure out why people are not buying. But if you have a few hundred people on your mailing list and you've you know carefully listened to what they want, um, l- yeah, at least a few dozen of people should buy, right? So if that happens, if enough people buy, just publish one new lesson uh, per week. And I run run a, run a the program for like 10 or 12 weeks. And I make it evergreen, right? Which basically means that you make it available on your website so that people can buy the course. Um, I would also listen to the feedback from those first students and optimize the course um, based on what they tell me they would like to, to, to see being improved. Um, well, and then you have a business, right? Then you have traffic, you have conversion because you have created a product that your people want and you have a good sales page and you have a product so there you go that's how you build a a business in six months or a year maybe six months is a little bit quick Um, you know sometimes you see people starting out being very successful from the beginning but i think you need to give a project like this at least a year right if you don't have the time, then just do it on the side. working on, work on it during the weekends, in the evenings. Maybe have a, a full-time job, I can imagine. Yeah, you need to, to find a way to make time. Because if you don't have any time, then, then maybe step number one is to see how you can make time. Right? Um, now, let's talk about a few of the things that I won't do. Um, I would only sell something that people are buying. Um you know, if you have lots of time, lots of money, you can just try out different products and see what people like, right? But, you know, if you're bootstrapping, like most of us do, um, don't have any investments, your time is limited, you want to avoid risk as much as possible, right? So look at things that are already selling, that people are already buying. It could be in other markets because as i said in the netherlands there isn't there isn't really a personal brand that talks about language learning but people are buying language courses online right so i would just create something similar to what people are already buying but then of course um it and make it personal maybe uh have a certain make sure to use a certain methodology um i will make it very personal of course you want to do things differently from your competition right but the course itself um, it could be similar to what other people are selling right I mean like the format that you are selling in it could just be a digital course or maybe weekly live streams Um, like you don't have to create a fancy app or something or something that doesn't exist yet that's very risky you probably don't have the resources for that so play it safe and only sell, sell something that people are already buying also don't try to sell to broke people um, so we do work with with who do have big audiences in um, actually it doesn't matter I wanted to say you do have big audiences in, in countries where people don't have you know what people don't earn so much um, often when we do non-buyer surveys the number one reason why people are not buying courses is because they just don't have the funds right they don't have they don't have enough money and this this doesn't only go for you know markets where people don't earn so much money but it's the same for rich countries there are always people on your list who, who can just not afford your course and that's okay because you create lots of free content for them the idea is that the people who do buy your courses actually finance all the free content that you can then put on YouTube and that you know that you can give away for free. Um, so don't worry about people who don't have enough money. Most people are not going to buy your course. Most people don't have the money to buy your course. Focus on the buyers, right? Focus on them. I would also not mess around with ads during the first year. Uh, if you haven't found a way to create a funnel to build a product, to create a product that you can sell, that you can sell organically, you're gonna have a very hard time selling it through paid ads. I would not mess around with Instagram and TikTok and other platforms. Maybe it could be something to experience with after you're already successful and you're making at least. I would say after the first year, after you find your traction, maybe there are ways that you can outsource your youtube videos or that you can get help your hire script writer video editors you know and that way you free up a bit of time that you can then maybe explore another plot another platform but in the beginning i would just focus on one platform another thing i wouldn't do is talk about i just mentioned it before talk about learning all kinds of languages right like with i do like and i do speak multiple languages right i could teach Dutch. I could teach English to Dutch speakers. I could teach French, Spanish, Portuguese, German, um, Mandarin Chinese. I could even teach Cantonese. I could teach lots of languages. (laughs) And actually, that's what we do at Language Boost, right? But the reality is that most people are not interested in becoming a polyglot. Like 99% of the market just wants to learn one language, right? and you also lose a lot of people when you talk, when you say that you speak well that you speak 10 languages actually could be something quite interesting but if you talk about different languages all the time you know people who are following you they might just think okay this guy yeah you know, i just want to learn spanish why is he talking about learning chinese characters you be specific especially at the beginning Okay, so I would not talk about polyglot stuff. Also, if you talk about, you know, also if you use this word polyglot, and this is a mistake that we use to make a, a language boost, um, you attract other polyglots. And the thing is with other polyglots is that they know how to learn languages and they oftentimes they use free materials. Um, and they also don't really have a pain point because they know how to learn languages, right? And again you have a business if you solve other people's problems, right? So if you can help somebody who's struggling with learning Spanish, you know, that's how you can make money. Those are the people that you can charge. But if you're trying to try sell to people who, you know, who just like learning languages, I mean, of course, there's always some people who are really passionate about and are happy to spend money on quality materials. We also have those customers. But it's just a lot harder. So I won't talk about the polyglot stuff, Um I would just, um, you know, in this in this monologue, in this solo episode, I talked a lot about what I would do. But I think it's also important some of the things that I I want to because I you know I see so many people who are who are listening to the podcast and who are getting all these ideas and who are just doing too much at the same time, right? So if you are If you're on the journey of building a business, make a very clear list of things that you want to do and then also make sure to have a list of things that you definitely don't want to do. It's really all about focus, especially when you're small and when you're just starting, you don't have any time to waste because if you don't start making any money anytime soon, you know, you might lose the passion, you might lose the motivation or you might just go broke and you don't want want that to happen to you, right? So, Another solo episode of me here. I hope that you found um, a few interesting insights, uh, tips. Um, Yeah, let me know if you liked it and then see you on the next episode. Ciao, ciao. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.